Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 86. We're getting so close to 100 at this point, McGee. It's actually so exciting. We're almost at triple digits. We're going to run out of our player battles to do. I don't know. I still haven't decided whether we, like, run it back and go back to number one again or, like, just... Like a season two of... Yeah. Revisiting? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we did have, there were, were some uh, mumblings, there was some chatter between us of potentially incorporating motocross racers um, as <laughs> the like, number 126 as, as a jersey number. Um, but I don't know, that might be, that might be kind of cheesy. We'll have to, we'll have, to have that discussion uh, at a later point in time, and once, once we get there, really. I feel like the problem with going into like the triple digit numbers and trying to compete guys in there is that even at that point, you really only are going to end up with like motocross racers and not a lot of them are still going to have triple digits. Like a lot of NASCAR F1 uh, motocross, they're still all going to be below a hundred at that point track runners, like below a hundred. So you're going to have a tough time even finding those people. And then it's going to be so limited to just them. (laughs) Like we might just have to go back and just go to like, we might have to call it like 101 and just like go up from the hundreds, but go by the second digits. So 0102 and go up yeah. that way. Yeah. And plus, like, I think with the motocross racers and stuff, like nobody would know, like, the player battles would lose their significance because I don't think anybody would know any of them. Yeah. That, yeah. Travis Pastrana, is that like, I feel like that's the only motorcycle guy I know. Is he still doing it? Is he retired? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know. I don't even know that guy, which is, that's a good point though, because a lot of these athletes that we compete, like we don't know who they are no. anyways. Like one of the athletes in this competition, I had no idea who this guy was until I Googled him. He like kind of looked familiar. Cause I feel like I've seen him before, maybe just like as a meme on Twitter or something, but like, then mm. you kind of get to know them and they play a sport that you're familiar with. So you can kind of get an idea, even that old NFL players and stuff, you, you can't, kind of get an idea of who they were or other people will know who they are these yeah. motocross people and stuff so, it's going to be yeah long shot like <laughs> it's pretty crazy to me like not in terms of okay, getting outside of motocross now because i think everybody's just falling asleep like nobody really wants to hear about motocross sorry to motocross fans but like just the way it is i um speaking of like unrecognizable athletes i think the, the mlb is a, is a sport where like i feel like a lot of the players are ghosts like you, you would never, I, I could walk by down the street and say, I could see a whole major league baseball team and that not a mm-hmm. person would be like, other than like Vladdy jr. Like, I think that's like it. Yeah. I think I know like a fair amount, like a respectable amount, but yeah, exactly. Same page. Like you even think about, which I actually kind of thought was f- funny the other day when I was watching is like George Springer got back into the lineup. So he plays his first game back. The next night he's not in the rotation, but he's in the dugout and like can play. Yeah. So there's, so you think about it, there's all the position guys, the pitcher, the start, like the ACE or whatever, starting pitcher, the catcher, you've got all the bullpen guys. And then aside from your, let's just run through them quickly. So catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, left field, center field, right field. Aside from those guys, there's just like a whole group of guys that are kind of just hanging out in the dugout. Who could go- yeah. They could go into the game at any time. They could just be there to hang out with the boys. And yeah. like, I <laughs> would be just hanging out and playing pranks. Uninori Kawasaki, man. That was his like role. Yeah. Be a good locker room guy. I, and it's crazy to do. Cause I read some article, um, that, uh, I don't know, read an article, saw it on TikTok. I, like, it's all so intertwined these days. Like, I feel like everybody's like, oh, I saw, I read something the other day. It's like, no, you didn't. Shut up. TikTok. Everybody gets all their information and news from TikTok now. Um, but there was a guy who was a major league baseball pitcher. I can't remember the guy's name. I'll have to do some research after this, uh, after I say it, then double fact to check the name and then get back to you. But this, essentially this guy doubled as a major league pitcher by day and a rodeo guy by night he would like ride bulls and shit and and because baseball was so anonymous and they don't really do ads or the players aren't very well well recognized other yeah. than all fans that this guy had a whole life as a professional like cowboy essentially riding bulls <laughs> and nobody knew that he was doing this his team didn't know that he was like a rodeo clown and like the the rodeo people didn't know major league baseball pitcher wow. it's like, how does that even happen as a professional yeah He's, he's just like another professional athlete. Like he's an entirely different sport 
completely yeah. unrelated and no one has any idea in no either has sport. Any idea. Talk about a double life, man. Maybe the most iconic double life since uh, Miley Cyrus and Hannah. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty good double life to be leading that. Uh, yeah, honestly, rodeo too. Like that's so dangerous. Imagine right. coming back and like getting injured from that, and like you can't make your next pitching start because you got injured riding bulls in your other profession. I'm sure management would not be too happy with that. Like, I'm sure they should have like introduce a clause in his next contract. I still gotta find the guy's name. I'll find it. But uh, yeah, because I think NHL players have like you can't ski, you can't snowboard kind of things in their in their contracts because they could get injured doing those things. So then you just think about like they're not doing that they're act this guy's actually elevating it to riding bulls you know who it was who i'll be pitcher madison bumgarner what yeah <laughs> an alias to compete in team roping rodeo competitions oh my god wait what was his alias did it say there no it's cnn.com reading right now cnn has this article yes Yes, Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner, rodeo clown. Using wow. a fake name. That's hilarious. He's so pop. <laughs> he's so popular. He's he's like actually a legitimate star in the MLB. I know, and it's crazy to think because like I, I can't remember the last time I've seen like the MLB promote its players or like even like a MLB player in like a Gatorade ad or like a any yeah. sort of advertising. They don't do a very good job of promoting their players. So no. I, I got in my mind that like people wouldn't know who this guy is unless you were a fan of, of his or the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy stuff. Madison Bumgarner, rodeo clown. Wow. Interesting. All right. Well, honestly, let's get into something else that's pretty crazy here. And that's this competition that we have for this player battle. It's honestly probably tied into rodeo and bull riding in some sort of way especially knowing where this competition originated from and what it is but straight up this competition episode 86 competition cow chip tossing competition so for those who don't know cow chip is cow poo it's cow poo throwing competition is what it is so it's a game where you need to throw a piece of dried buffalo dung to the farthest distance possible the person who's chip flings the longest is then crowned the winner hundreds of people including young and old flood to the competition that's based in texas and the competition is conducted in categories for men women and teams the contestants are given a choice to pick their winning chip from the pile of dung so there's just a pile that's out there you can pick the poop that you want to throw um the cow chip has to be more than six inches wide though Uh, champions of the game previous champions suggest that the smaller the chip the longer the fling this this uh competition is conducted in the month of april in beaver texas every year with concerts craft shows and a parade before the main event being the cow chip tossing competition the hand washing station there i know i know there's a photo of a guy throwing it too and throwing the cow poo and when i saw the photo i thought it was just like a rock like I, I feel like yeah it was just dry and it was like a big piece of like it looked like soil like which is obviously what cow poop like gets turned they use manure to fertilize like in soil and stuff but it just looked like a huge piece of soil and then i read the description and it was like cow poop throwing competition like that's great like that's disgusting that's the one i'm going with. uh yeah. six inches wide though poor cow man that guy's uh <laughs> some uh, laxative or some sort of uh some help on that one it's a battle yeah six inches wide that's that's a healthy <laughs> piece well to think about like that's the minimum yeah so there's there's six pieces bigger than six inches in that pile you'd, you'd like to think that if anybody had a real um drive to win this competition why would you upgrade the size of the of the piece of poo you'd like to think lighter more, more mobile um fling it farther but that being said, maybe maybe the heavier pieces have more velocity once they they got going. Mm-hmm. No, like how would you throw it if you were participating? Would it be like overhand baseball toss, or would you shot? Put? I think I'd do like a discus, like spin around, overhand grip on it, and just like spin. I think that it would it would depend on like- the the build of the piece of poo. Like if it's more rounded, I'm going overhand baseball. 
Yeah. If it's more disc like, I'm going with your yeah. method of the of like a disc and throwing it that way, or like sidearm, like a rock skipping, like throwing it like that. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I think I'm going overhand with it if it's more rashy. Yeah, I'm Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> Maybe he actually competes in the cow chip tossing championship as well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him. Put it past him. Wouldn't yeah. put it past him. He's in, he's in a competition, so I, I doubt. I probably he's probably done something similar to this. So episode 86, our competitors, it was hard to find guys who wore number 86. So for the NBA, there was only two guys I could find ever in the history of the NBA who wore number 86. Both of them played for the Boston Celtics. This one guy I chose because I think he looks like Vakitis from semi-pro. So I thought it was pretty funny. And then yeah, for the NHL, um, it came up that there was only like three guys who wore it ba- based on just the list that I had seen. And this is one of the guys that's a number hadn't been worn in the NHL until 2006. Wow. That was the first time number 86 was worn. There was a bunch of guys in the NFL, but like, again, they were kind of guys that I wasn't too familiar with the NHL player. I knew who he was. And I think many people will know, but then the NBA player I thought was just funny just because he looks like Vakitis in my opinion from semi-pro. So after I say the name, after I give him the introduction, go Google this guy. And I think you'll kind of be along the same lines that he looks like the guy from semi-pro or he'll at least remind you of him. But without uh, dilly-dallying around too much here, let's get into our competitors for the cow chip tossing championship our first competitor he was drafted in the second round 60th overall by the boston celtics in the 2008 nba draft he only played three seasons in the nba one for the boston celtics and two for the cleveland cavaliers in 69 games played nice he averaged 3.8 points per game 2.8 rebounds per game and 0.4 assists per game a seven foot 240 pound center from istanbul turkey semi erden so if you want to go and look up this guy real quick here, S-E-M-I-H-E-R-D-E-N, Sammy Erden. His competitor in the cow chip tossing competition. He was drafted in the first round, 21st overall by the Colorado Avalanche in the 2004 NHL entry draft. He played eight seasons in the NHL for the Colorado Avalanche, Phoenix Coyotes, New York Rangers, Florida Panthers, and the Washington Capitals before heading overseas to play eight more years of professional hockey in the KHL. He's a man who broke his neck. Yes, he broke his neck. And 16 months later, he played for Team Canada in the 2018 Olympic Games, scoring three goals and one assist. An Olympic bronze medalist and a KHL Gagarin Cup champion, a six foot three, 220 pound winger from Zabrze, Poland. Wojciech <laughs> Wolski. <laughs> it sounds like you just had a stroke or something. Yeah, Is try to say that name, McGee. Oh god. Okay, hold on. How do we see? Oh. Oh. I okay, so I googled Zabers 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 Z A B R Z E is how it is. So I googled like how to pronounce it because I wanted to try and get it like the best I could. And I listened yeah. to it over and over again. And I kept like repeating it back out loud. And every time I was like, uh-huh. I don't think that's how to say it. Like, it doesn't it sound like how to say it. Uh, that's crazy. It sounds like a GPS name. Like, like when the GPS lady like glitches out and is like, please turn left on. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, no disrespect to our Zabers of Poland uh, listeners. Uh, you guys are out there. Yeah. It just, Sorry yeah. for mispronouncing yeah. that name. Yeah, Zaburza, 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 <laughs> Poland. Wojciech and his name too. W-O-J-T-E-K, pronounced Wojciech. Wojciech Wolski. So I, I loved him, man. I thought he should have played in the NHL longer than he did. Like, the guy is an incredible hockey player. And just coming back from that broken neck, very resilient player. However, however, it's tough to compete in a throwing, like pure competition of strength. When you're up against a six or a seven foot, 240 pound mountain of a man, I think yeah. it's a task. I think, uh, I think our buddy Semi Erden takes this one easily. I'm on the same page. I think Semi Erden takes this one. Part of the problem is just like that wingspan. If nothing else, his wingspan of being able to throw that thing is going to account for like a, just a bit more distance and 240 pounds behind this guy. He's got a lot of weight, a lot of power in that throw. Like you look at Wolski, he's 220. 
but like you just add the 240 into the seven foot like he's kind of a lankier body so he's gonna be able to like have some sort of power he's not way too skinny he's probably just a strong enough guy and his arms his arm is gonna be so long he's gonna be able to slingshot that cow crap it doesn't matter what kind of throwing position he goes like madison bumgarner over the top or disc is throwing from the side or shot put whatever it is he's gonna be able to just use his arm and wingspan and like just launch that piece of crap across whatever surface it is that they measure this on and be able to get it so much farther than Wojciech Wolski. I I think that it's very commendable that he came back from a broken neck, played in the Olympics, had three goals and an assist, but I don't think it's enough to beat semi Erden in the cow chip tossing championship. Yeah. I'm on the same page. I agree with you. Yeah. Erden takes this. Semi Erden takes episode 86 cow chip tossing championship what a competition that is honestly that's disgusting imagine the smells that would come from that competition no i don't even like just gross that's tough that's just imagine being from beaver texas <laughs> i put that like year after year yeah there's just people who come to your city to throw poo around yeah yeah oh my god it's not that's what your town's known for yeah throwing poo you know, I'm sure it's a blast. I'm sure they have the best time with their, with their chip trucks and all their all parades their, like, and yeah, a whole little little uh, carnival. It sounds like what happened over there, a little fair. Or... Yeah, good energy. There's a good energy in the gym. <laughs> good yeah. energy, Beaver, Texas, which is cool. It yeah. is cool, but yeah, still a disgusting competition. Anyways, we've uh, teased a couple times now that we've been having these great guests that we've interviewed and have lined up ready to go for these uh, last couple of weeks. And last week, we, we introduced Ty Bridgewater, the Ice Coffee Review guy. It was a great interview. We got to learn a lot about him and kind of just why he started doing Ice Coffee Reviews and how he turned into like a TikTok sensation kind of overnight. basically just, yeah, all, basically overnight through his like him and his buddy wanting to do this 75 day hard challenge that kind of turned into him randomly running a marathon around a track for 105 and a half laps and doing all these different things that he never really thought he would do getting a manager, a PR person that like books him into all these things, getting him sponsors and stuff. So just for a guy who Hank went to Brock was dreaming of being a wrestling coach and now is a TikTok star. Like it's just kind of crazy how that turned around. But this next guest we have is potentially way more well known especially in the toronto area for those who listen to the radio on the way into school work whatever it may be i know mcgee picked up on this guy because of driving into high school every morning he listened to kiss 92.5 hearing this familiar voice hearing someone who's became so popular in the toronto area and the media personality and honestly too like you think about the red carpet work this guy has done going to the tiff and, and everything like that like he's gotten his face out there and became more than just a producer now appearing in tv shows and movies as like a side character or someone just walking by in the background but it's our pleasure to introduce episode 86 guest maury sherman we now welcome to the pod someone <laughs> really oh sorry are you rolling <laughs> <laughs> We now welcome to the um, Oh, okay, I'm ready. Corey, I think I think you're uh you're uh, the intro included something about you being a titan of radio. So you may have to take the the lead on the intro on this one. Introduce yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, me. <laughs> <laughs> See, somebody that really needs no introduction. I'm sure you guys have all listened to him like I have, going to driving to high school in the morning on KISS 925. He's a titan of Toronto radio. Please welcome to the pod now. Maury Sherman. What AKA, the hell does Titan mean? <laughs> it's like a Titan? Like a Titan's like a like a like I imagine some like dominates oh, the I, industry. Well, I imagine someone wearing like a toga or something. Is that like a Titan and like, you're like like a Greek Spartan? mythological yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> the creativity. Oh. I feel like with the word Titan, I should be like much better physically. Yeah. Well, maybe like a nice green screen background of some ruins or something. Or many <laughs> men running behind me. Okay. Yeah. Well, for for next time, when we get you on next time, we'll have to we'll have to better prepare to to fit the Titan uh, aesthetic we're going for here. Looking forward to that one. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, first things first, Maury. I'm a huge fan of yours, and know our listeners are as well. Uh, I listen to the Rosin Mocha uh, most mornings on my way to school, as I've mentioned, and having you on the show is a privilege. So, for those who aren't aware, um, 
are aware of you from your antics on the airwaves. Could you shine a, a little light on who you are and what your role is kind of on the show as well as how it came to be? Okay. So I, well, I've been radio for like ever, um, you know, starting behind the scenes and then just, I guess, working my way to sort of just being like a character on, on shows and stuff. And I just enjoy like just doing random nonsense. I, I love it. I love making people laugh. Like if I do something and somebody laughs, then my day is made. You know, I just, I love that. Cause I think that's what radio is all about is just having a good time, putting all of your troubles of the day aside. Um, so what I do is like, well, I, I mean, I produce the show, I book guests, blah, blah, blah. That's like the, the boring part, but I, uh, I just do random stuff for the show, whether it's calling people randomly, telling jokes, uh, ripping band-aids from my arm. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm there to be, as they say, the foil, right? So, uh, the guy that they, if you need someone to make fun of, here I am. So, <laughs> yeah. So That's how did you, gig. so how did you get uh, involved in radio and then how did working on the Roz and Mocha show come to be? I've been in radio since like 95, like interning at other stations and, um, you know, befriending, um, a guy that I used to listen to all the time in the evening show um, who since passed, his name was punch Andrews. And like, he used to do like this, like he used to sound like this on the radio, like, you know, total deep voice party kind of what radio used to be. And I used to, when I worked at a movie theater would phone him on my breaks all the time and just spend my entire break talking to him on the request line. And then he finally said, do you want to come in? And then it was one of those situations where I was in the studio hanging out with him doing things like, you know, back before there was computers that played all the music, you'd have to pull all the CDs of every song for the next person's show. So during your show, you had to pull like over a hundred CDs for the next person. Right. So I would do that for him, like pulling all these CDs. And then somebody came in the room saying, well, do you want to like do other shifts and stuff? And it literally was right place, right time that got me into. Yeah, I studied radio. But before that right place, right time to get into the building and do random shifts and do random stuff. Then, you know, the other shows there, I'm like, hey, do you need someone to go on the street and, and phone in and act, you know, act stupid? I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And, you know, the rest is history. So I've spent was, like 20 some odd years being an idiot. So <laughs> if they ever say that you'll get nowhere in life being an idiot, I'm proof that you can. <laughs> well, I let's hope like that I, holds out for Ryan and I, because I know we're both yeah. 22, 23 here and we've pretty much been idiots the entire time. So let's hope it continues to pan out. We'll be idiots together. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Maury, I want to know, was you calling punch Andrews? Was that something that you kind of had, um, like in your mind as a, as a pathway for a potential career or were you just a big fan of his? And, and I, oh, no, I wanted to get into radio, like getting into radio was just a dream, but it wasn't like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and by the way, good ear remembering the name. I didn't know um, what I wanted to do in radio. I just knew that I had to be there. You know, it's like one of those things, like if you love hockey, you know, uh, I'm going to hang outside the practice arena and meet Morgan Riley or Mitch Marner and stuff like that, because I, I want to meet them and maybe they'll let me, you know, clean their skates or something, just anything to just get in, you know, so that, that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew it had to happen. So you were, uh, you were not only a graduate of the radio and television program at Humber College, but also an inductee of the school's Hall of Fame. How did your experience at Humber prepare you for a professional career? And then what was the experience like getting inducted into the, the Hall of Fame there? Okay, well, you got to find on YouTube or something a clip of me doing the speech for that because it's really funny. I spent a lot of time writing that. So <laughs> okay. let me throw to a clip and hopefully you'll edit it in. Well, here's a clip of me um, during my acceptance speech. Like, here's a good laugh. I'm so honored and humbled to be here this evening to accept this award on behalf of myself. So a radio frequency analyst walks into a bar. Oh, that megahertz. There's a little secret I have to tell you folks. I don't like AM radio. To anyone that likes AM, I say FM. <laughs> ah, the Hall of Fame. Two things I've always loved together at last, halls and fame. There's Jerry Hall, Arsenio Hall, Michael C. Hall, Hall and Oates, our beloved Let's Make a Deal host, Monty Hall, Annie Hall, um, Holly Berry, We've got Hall's Cough Drops, 
Hallelujah. Uh, to be recognized for one thing I know how to do, and the one thing I'm passionate about doing is incredibly overwhelming. Unfortunately, this is not an award for stamp collecting. Okay, so, um, so what was the experience at Humber like? Well, look, I was already doing overnights um, at a talk station and had some radio experience behind me, but I think what Humber did was teach me the professionalism that you needed for radio. It taught me the things that maybe actually doing the work wouldn't teach you. It taught you, um, you know, different, I guess, old radio um, lessons and experiences and in, in the professionalism that you need for something you're already doing. And there were times where during class, because I'd work overnights at the talk station. So I'd fall asleep during class and the teacher would allow me to because I was already doing what you're teaching. So let him sleep. Somebody give him the homework and, you know, <laughs> la dee da. So, um, but yeah, I got in crap in, at Humber too. Cause like for some reason I locked myself into the school's radio station and just thought it'd be funny to play um, the guess who over and over and over again um, for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, it sounds like you'd be a big hit with your, uh, your classmates there. The guy who just says the, the Sid Sixero. And... Sid Sixero was in my class. Really? Oh, really? I... Yeah. He sat next to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's awesome. To go from there into a professional career on radio, whether it be in sports or just general talk shows or morning shows or the afternoon, however that may be, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to get into that field? Like what kind of things do they have to be doing or how should they be acting or different things along those lines to be able to pursue that kind of career? I mean, it was totally different when I started my pursuit for radio. And immediately what I would say to your answer now is doing exactly what it is that the two of you are doing exactly what you're doing with podcasts and YouTube channels, because that's how you're going to get the experience of talking under your belt and, and being able to have a conversation in front of a microphone and hearing the sound of your voice in the headset, right? Because that in itself is freaky to a lot of people to hear how they sound in, in headphones. But what you're doing now is bullseye to what you should be doing. Sure. Studying. Absolutely. Because for, I mean, but I honestly feel that you'll get more uh, love as far as trying to get into the doors of radio stations or TV stations by experience and doing what it is that you're doing, which, you know, or trying to, whether it's intern somewhere and stuff, I always say intern and I always say uh, trying to befriend people that are in the business, but ultimately what you guys are doing is amazing. Like that's key because having no experience in front of a microphone and getting into a radio station is in detriment, I think. So I think right. this helps. Yeah. It's I definitely my, pretty crazy. Or sorry. Go your, ahead, question, your question was longer than my answer. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Liz, it's definitely crazy looking back at some of our first episodes. Uh, we talked about it a little bit previously on the pod, how our very first episode, when we decided this is what we wanted to do, we actually forgot to plug in the mixing board. So we had a whole episode of just silence. Uh, and then from there, it was kind of like just, just a learning curve. So please tell me you uh, posted that because that would be funny. Like I would have posted that just, going, no, here's I don't our think first we podcast. Did. We forgot an to hour plug of, everything in. <laughs> an hour of nothingness. That'd be That's funny. <laughs> but you mentioned people not uh, liking the sound of their, their own voices. Um, and that's kind of leads me into my next question. So people- Do like, I like the sound of my own voice? Of course I do. Well, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, not many people can say that. So that's pretty, pretty good. Of joke, I joke. <laughs> But when you're in the car, do you tune into Kiss 92.5 and, and listen to kind of like your your show? Or are you more of an ox man in the car? No, I, I only listen to radio in the car, but I can't listen to our show when we're in the car because I'm not in the car yeah, when we're on the radio. Um, but I mean, I can I listen to our best of show on the weekends and stuff. Um, but I listen to it differently because I listen to what could we have done differently in that segment? Was there a different moment where we could have as I say, get out, like, is there a different moment where the break could have been shortened or did I, could I have, or damn, I had a better punchline or, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what I listen to. But I also, and I think this is important and okay to say, I listen to other shows or other stations when I'm in the car. Two reasons. One is I like to hear the stories they're doing in case there's anything I could steal, which is completely fine. That's called research because they steal stuff from us too. Don't forget. 
Um, and I also like to hear just what they're doing and how they sound, because I think that it's important to know what everybody else is doing out there and how they're doing something. Maybe they're going to do the same story you already did. You're hearing it on the drive home and you could hear how that same story was done differently. Like, I'm sure you guys listen to other podcasts or other sports nonsense. I'm not a sport like other, you know, go team. <laughs> um, but to hear how they do the same stories that you did. And, oh, you know, that that's a better take on that. Or I like how they did that. Maybe we can implement that on our podcast. Or, you know, when you get really passionate and angry about something for no apparent reason, that could go viral, you know? Yeah, um, yeah so I, I listen to radio. I don't, look, if it's Friday after the show was an amazing week, am I going to put on Madonna from Apple Music? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I listen to other, uh, radio all the time because that's our bread, bread and butter. Yeah. I got two, two kind of follow-up questions to that one. Do you mind sharing who your favorite, um, radio personality is right now? And then the second follow-up question on that Friday night pub drive home, obviously you want to get fired up with, with Madonna. Do you have a favorite Madonna song? What's your go-to, uh, the first song on Maury's get psyched mix. I might bring Matthew in for this for the answering of the favorite Madonna song. Cause that'll be a treat for you guys. Can I go get him? Do you mind? <laughs> yeah, no, not Thank at all. To tell him there's no video or he won't come in. Yeah, that's okay. okay. Wait, check. Okay. There they are. Okay. So uh, they want to know, this is um, the podcast we're doing right now. They want to know our favorite Madonna song. Our favorite Madonna song? Or yours. Do yours. I don't know. I say um. ours. Because <laughs> nice Lean in. It's a microphone. They can't hear you from okay. there. There's so many. So I, this is hard. But if I have to pick one, maybe Vogue. Is that what I thought you'd pick? Vogue? I mean, Vogue. Yeah, sure. I would say Vogue. But I, I also like some of that new stuff like Rebel Heart. Yeah. Okay. Well, nothing compares to her older stuff. But I mean, I like it all. Okay, on the fly. Can you do the <laughs> breakdown from Vogue? Greta Garbo and Monroe. Oh my God, Dietrich, Dietrich and DiMaggio, Marlon Brando, Jimmy oh, Dean on the cover of a magazine. Grace Kelly, Kelly Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers dance on air. They have they style. Have style Grace, Rita Haywood, gave the face. Lauren, Catherine, Manitoun, Betty Davis, we love you. Ladies with an attitude, fellas, don't just stand there. Let's get to it. Strike a pose. The dog is getting. That was amazing. Hey. No, no, no. He, Matthew, wondered if the whole podcast was about Madonna. <laughs> no, no, no. Look Maybe at these guys. Do they look like they only want to talk about no, Madonna? I, I, <laughs> I know because he has Leafs jerseys behind him. Okay, okay the take dog. the dog out of here. There you go. Well, that was a that, that was an answer we couldn't even have asked. We couldn't have asked for. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the other who do i enjoy listening to else on the radio yeah um, like, like i'm more oh of, I'm my more god of a carol, I, I don't go ahead I, I was a carol off fan before she uh, retired as as it happens on cbc just love the wow. sound of her voice so soothing put me right to i sleep. mean I, I okay i'll mention some people that i've worked with who i quite enjoyed and who i learned a lot from because current people on the radio i'll be honest with you Roz and Mocha in the show that we do there's i mean it's it's awesome i'm really proud to say that i think that it's 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 something that is brilliantly done and would you not agree you're looking at me like i'm wrong no no you're you're right it is, it is. i wouldn't have listened if it was if it was garbage True. it's amazing but I'll say this. Um, I quite enjoyed, and I was his very first producer, uh, Jim Richards, who is on News Talk 1010. I think that's fine to say. Um, I really enjoy how he does talk radio, and I learned a lot from him. Um, Punch Andrews, um, my, I uh, loved working with him. Just his energy. I learned a lot about his energy. And one of my, the people who... I strived to work for when I first was a, like when I was a kid and I first realized I wanted to get in radio was Rob Christie. And then I finally got to work with that guy and be his producer. And that guy to this day is somebody who I idolize. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, throughout all your experience that you've had in radio, not just getting to work, like call into these oh, people's By the way, shows you guys and... will be singing a Madonna song later together. So don't think you're not. Go ahead. Oh, that's a quote the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've had the opportunity to work with many great people, but you've also had the privilege of interviewing some great, great talents, entertainers, whatever the case may be. Um, who is your favorite person that you've got to interview? Okay. So um, there's a couple. I really enjoyed interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch because he was one of the nicest people. I thought he was absolutely amazing. We had super fun together. John Cusack, because I wanted him to critique my commercial read. And 
now keep in mind this was at the Toronto Film Festival. So when you go into the hotel room, you have like four or five minutes with these people, right? Like they really, yeah. and they're down to the wire. Like they'll time you, they'll count you down and they'll drag you out by your hair if you go over. But he was having fun yelling at me to try and get me to um, really do the commercial read better. You could find this. You got to play a clip because he was like, no, I don't believe you. Blah, blah, blah. Do it again. <laughs> and they were wrapping us up. And he actually said, no, no, no. I want to keep going until he gets it. And he allowed me to go over time, which I thought was pretty awesome. Wow. Um, Madonna was super. I mean, I interviewed her a few times at TIFF and stuff. I mean, I have no recollection. Thank God there's audio and video of this because I blanked out talking to her but i do remember point like poking my belly asking why i was fat um, <laughs> <laughs> which i mean most people would find that offensive to me that's like madonna said i was fat oh my god that's amazing <laughs> um so I, I the list goes on and on it's so hard to say because there's been and i'm not trying to like name drop or say like you know what like yay how cool is this but i mean there's been so many and so many awesome moments jake gyllenhaal on the tiff red carpet when he was in it was talking to a reporter further down and he looked over and he from way down there looked at me going i i knew i saw you over there you know, and with like this guy, like he in front of everyone, like said how much fun we always have together. That was super great. I mean, it's just so many. It's just great. Is there one person that you've been after for a while that you really want to interview that you've never gotten the chance to? Mariska Hargitay. And why is that? Although that remind when I said the name, I said the name a billion times, but it reminded me of Austin Powers when they were praying. The Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> the love guru, Maury. The yeah, love yeah, guru. Love guru. Yeah, same guy. Love guru. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that? When he was opening up the hospital, the special victims unit in the button it's, was it Don Dong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the greeting. Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> I love that you knew that. Um, she, oh, to, to interview her would just be... You know, and I've prepared nothing for this interview, but it would just be a dream come true. And her husband's a famous actor. He's one of the leads on a show that you two should absolutely watch called Younger um, with Hilary Duff. Okay. I know someone who's watching that show right now. Actually, they said it's really good. Oh, it's, I, it's I done now. Really it's finished. It. Seven seasons. It's over. It wrapped up. But wow, that show's good. So her actual husband is the lead in that show. If okay. You care. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You mentioned earlier getting to work with Roz and Mocha and kind of the privilege that's been for you, but we're not going to ask you to pick a favorite. That's not the kind of where I'm going yeah, with this. No, but and I, that should have been, I was so funny because I knew you were going to do that. And I was going to tell Alessia from my PR department to tell you not to ask me that because no, that's no. not fair. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. We'd never do that. But what we are, Alessia, going are to you do there? Is... Shut this whole thing down. <laughs> For, for the listeners who don't know, Alessia is the uh, the PR, the publicist for Maury, who's who's keeping things in check. She's fantastic. Sure She's amazing. Laurier <laughs> grad, shout out Golden Talks. Uh, anyway, so what we wanted to ask you was, who would you rather have on a desert island with to ensure your survival? Not who's your oh, favorite. Roz. I would say Roz because he's more, um, he's better at woodworking. He's better at survival skills. So it's nothing, I don't think that's anything to do with who's your favorite. I just think we, I would survive better with Roz because I think Mocha would just leave me for dead. Yeah. How, <laughs> how are you like that confident about his woodworking skills? When has that ever come up in the radio? Because he talked, just... he's talked about that on the podcast oh, yeah? and stuff where he talks oh, about no. how he's built this, that, and the other thing. Perfect. I guess it comes in handy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, so, I, I so, assume if you need to buy you need to build a hut <laughs> well i just you stopped like i didn't assume it would be that quick of an answer that's that there would be more of a de debate going on but yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, that may um so some of you may not know maury uh had an illustrious career in tv and in film in film in roles such as jason phillips in private eyes Orderly in Houston and Rex and Hudson and Rex. Oh, Hudson and Rex. Sorry. And uh, the most iconic role as pass passerby in Murdoch mysteries. <laughs> iconic. Yeah, my one line <laughs> best of the day. <laughs> how did, so how did your acting career begin? And uh, would you want to get back in front of the camera again oh. in that kind of way? Uh, no, my my dream is to be to have a walk on role on every Canadian TV show. I think that'd be absolutely hilarious where if you watch them all, you're like, oh, my God, there's that guy again. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I just give me one line. I know with private eyes, they give me like a whole scene, but I'm fine with just saying best of the day, inspector, you know, or you know what? They, um, what was it again? Um, 
Winnie, you know what they say about idle hands. Um, that was from, um, oh, uh, Frankie Drake Mysteries when I said that line. I just think it'd be hilarious to just do a walk on in every every show. I think it's fun. Radio still my passion, but doing these little moments for, for acting is the best. Plus, they have great food on set. That's incredible. You're like the Stan Lee of Canadian media. Yeah, who up. Stan Lee only does that because of Alfred Hitchcock. So I'll be the Alfred Hitchcock. Ah, uh, okay. See, that's something I didn't know. Yeah, so every Alfred Hitchcock movie, he does something. Or will uh, um, M. Night Shyamalan? He does the same thing where he'll walk by or do something. I guess um, uh, Tarantino, I guess to an extent, right? But he Tarantino writes himself in role. Yeah, he writes yeah. himself into the scenes. Whereas M. Night, um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, and Stan Lee—they just well, I, Stan Lee speaks, but. Uh, Alfred will just walk by, you know, right. in front of a uh, in front of the car at a red light or something like that. Right. Yeah. Marty, going have... back to the. Sorry, go, 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 go. <laughs> no, I, I'm like that's all I have to say about. Yeah. <laughs> going back to the to the red carpet at, at TIFF and and all those events where you're interviewing these, we're not going to name drop, but there's a lot of them, as you said. Mm-hmm. And in in these interviews, for people who aren't aware, you wear a bike helmet with a, a helmet cam, like a helmet a camera on the helmet, helmet yeah. cam. How did that originate? And has it Easy. been the same helmet all these years? Same helmet for like 15 years now. <laughs> and Bradley Cooper put the helmet on. Um, Ryan, uh, Ryan, um, oh God, Dead, Deadpool, Ryan. Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds. Reynolds, Jesus. Ryan Reynolds put it on. Um, but no, because originally for a previous morning show that I worked for, I came up with the idea because I wanted him to wear it behind the mixing board to give like a point of view of the studio or whatever. And he said, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to wear that. You wear it. So I wore it and we had um, a Playboy model come in the next day. And I remember the video because it wasn't positioned right. There's no screen or any way to see it. All you got was boobs the whole time. <laughs> um, so thus began the the head cam. I just love how the video is always just god awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens with that footage? Do you have it like saved it's on the, uh, at home? Uh, no, the, I put it on YouTube and on the KISS website. Like if we'll play the audio from the interview on the radio and then the video is, I guess, accompanying that online. Okay. That's incredible. You know what you should have done when those guys put the helmet on? I know a few years back when the Raptors were, were playing the uh, Golden State Warriors in the NBA playoffs, Drake took a little lint out of uh, Steph's Curry, Curry's hair and sold it on eBay for like 25 grand or something. Yeah. You should search for little uh, hairs they left behind. <laughs> There might still be a Bradley Cooper original piece of hair in there. Yeah, you can clone him. Yeah, <laughs> we'd have, I mean, we'd have to send it away for DNA testing or something because it, who knows whose hair it could be. Yeah. <laughs> it could be dog hair. <laughs> uh, more getting into more of like a deeper question here. Just recently, you were asked to raise the pride flag at mm-hmm. your family home by your father. Uh, what exactly did that mean to you? And was he always so unconditionally supportive of you? No, not at all. I mean, it started off obviously... Um, not obviously. I mean, it wasn't always the greatest because he back then he just wasn't sure what was going on or maybe it was a phase, blah, blah, blah. And then over years and years, he got incredibly supportive because it started off where he, I wouldn't say he wasn't supportive. I just think he didn't know. He was confused. Like he didn't. What is this? Like, I mean, first of all, I've, I have I till this day, I'm like, how did you not know? You know, <laughs> like, how did you not know? But no, he became awesomely supportive and amazing with Matthew. And this year, because in the area they live in, in Burlington, Ontario, pride flags were being stolen or burned. So he thought, tell you what, we have a flagpole in the backyard. Nobody can come and steal that. You know, right. so let's raise that. They'll see it all over the, across the highway. And I thought that was magical moving, memorable, and many other M words I can think of. It was just amazing. And a step, uh, as I said, in The Advocate, huge gay magazine, I said, it was like planting the flag in the moon. It was one giant step for gay kind. You better laugh at that line. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good line. Um, and then also, so obviously you're, you're a huge supporter um, of Pride Toronto and Pride Toronto celebrating their 40th anniversary this year. As somebody who's been actively involved, um, not only supporting Pride Toronto, but many other LGBTQ, Spirit Plus, friendly organizations like Friends of Ruby, for example, what does Pride Toronto look like this year with uh, lockdown restrictions and, and COVID having the impact that it has? 
it's the second pride for it to be virtual. So they have, I guess, uh, they have that uh, experience from last year. But I'll tell you, even last year when they did it virtually, wow, they did a great job with that. They, it was fantastic because it could have been a nightmare. It could have just been um, an online thing of nothing. It could have just looked terrible, but it was amazing. And this year I hosted the opening night party for for Pride and visually it was wonderful. They they did such a great job. Uh, I introduced some performances. I introduced the mayor and uh, Priyanka is hosting the Pride Parade this year virtually. And it's awesome because, you know, they still have the people, I guess, who would be on the floats, but they'll, they have like a DJ playing. They'll cut from different people and it's just great. And I think it's even more important to do it virtually when given the opportunity, because it just means we have to be louder. It just means we have to be more visual because we're not taking over Young Street, the largest street in Canada this year. So we have to do even more to be seen. Right. So I think that's the important thing of it. So doing anything I can for Pride, always a big deal this Friday for several hours. I'm volunteering, putting together. Um, I don't know the other way of saying this, but I want to, it's not a gift bag, but gift bags for shelters and stuff, I guess. Some sort yeah, of bag a, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, cool way of saying it. Yeah. So we're like, we're filling up the bag with, with uh, pamphlets and, and other things and shirts and stuff and shipping them off to, to shelters. And I, I couldn't be happier than to, to give my time to them because I, sorry, I'm rambling, but I watched some several documentaries that came out recently because of this being pride month. And it's unbelievable the, I guess, the path that so many people like Martha P. Johnson and others paved for us, right? So I'm given this opportunity, I'm given this, this lifestyle because of what they did, right? So it's, so I feel I have to give back and I have to volunteer because I was given this opportunity because of them. So how can I just sit by, sit back and party and not give back when given the opportunity? No, that's awesome. I think that that's a really good way to contribute and continue to raise awareness and stuff. And I, uh, I don't, I think that that's really cool to be able to give back like that and be able to just not only take part in the activities that are going on, but to actually be so involved to give back and respect and appreciate what was done before beforehand, I think is, uh, well, it's really I'll say cool. This. I'll say this on the Ros and Mocha show. Cause I'm, there's not many out gay people on radio across Canada. So the fact that I'm given the opportunity whenever possible to speak of my relationship with my husband or, you know, my lifestyle and stuff, I think it's amazing that I could turn on a microphone and speak to so many people about, you know, how, about the experiences I'm having. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. I, I have one more, uh, I have one more question for you, actually. I'm not sure if you're too familiar, but there was a guy in the NFL who just came out the other day. His name is Carl Nassib. He's the first active NFL player. Yeah. Uh, and now to I read today that his Jersey is the best selling Jersey right now, yeah. which is pretty awesome. That's amazing. And then the NFL matched his donation to the Trevor project, yeah. which is su super cool. Nobody which is amazing. Nobody has said anything bad about this. Everybody's being so super supportive. So I'm like this, that's incredible. Yeah. I think that the support and stuff that and the response to it has been absolutely incredible, especially the, I thought the, just the jerseys being the number one selling Jersey on the, uh, the Jersey sales. It was the fanatics website was a really, really cool response to it, him coming out. But I just was curious, how do you think that this will continue to play out through professional sports do you think that more people will be comfortable with coming out or do you think that it'll be something that people should be able to be confident in in terms of how they're respected and seen around in professional sports i think that there will still be hesitation because for some reason athletes have it in their mind that it's not okay and i think it has a lot to do and you tell me if i'm wrong i think it has a lot to do with being in a all male team atmosphere, the locker room atmosphere and fears they have of how their teammates will respond in the locker room changing in front of each other, so on and so forth. I think that this and others that have happened, David Archuleta for American Idol this week as well came out. I think that when people do come out, it's another brick in the yellow brick roll road to the palace of acceptance. And I think that the more people who do it 
and the less backlash there is from it will make it more okay for others to do so. But I do think there'll always be fear and always be hesitation, which mm -hmm. is not okay, but I, I understand why. But it's the people like you who are kind of going out and, and making a difference and, and helping out um, with the events and spreading awareness as much as they can that will kind of destigmatize or remove any kind of uncomfortability um, around the topic. And it, it, like you said, this, the Carl Nassib coming out has been less of an event as it has been previously. And I think that's an amazing thing. Or, that or hopefully Colton, it gets... Colton Underwood from The Bachelor mm -hmm, and stuff yeah. like that. Although I'll say this, Colton Underwood, I think that because now he's going to do on a reality show, I think that the, the NFL situation, I have more heart for that one because he didn't want anything from it. He mm -hmm. gave a donation, right? He gave a donation to the Trevor Project, which is amazing. And he just said, look, I, I'm not doing this for publicity. Here's why I'm doing it. I think he did it more tactfully. Yeah. Right. Almost there's almost like a nonchalance to it where it was just yeah. like not a big deal at all. Like here it is. Here's I yeah. think kind of this the time. It's he didn't go on I mean? Good Morning America. No, you know, no, no. Right. That. Like, yeah. I, Quick I, little I video probably took him more five seconds on his phone. Well, the lighting video. was great. So I feel <laughs> that it took a little longer because he had to find some good lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what yeah. I'm going to do. No, Zach. Okay. okay. Raise your hand. So your hands are not on the keyboard. Okay. Okay. You okay. can't Google anything. Yeah. Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs number 22. Who is it? Right now. Oh, on my Jersey behind me. <laughs> Rick Vive, probably. If I had to guess. Ah, man, I actually don't know who it is. But you can't have on the jersey, jersey behind me <laughs> behind you and not know whose jersey it is. Ah, I don't know. I and actually 26. I is that 26 on the other one? Yeah, it's 26. Um, Do you not know either? No, I, I, I know 22. <laughs> I actually don't know which one 26 is. So who's 22? I knew on 22. that jersey. No, I can't remember right now. It's I'm blanking. I did not. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. man, I can't remember. Okay, I do over, have let's a jersey go, below go. it. Uh, I do have a. No, I'm asking about those it. two jerseys. I don't want to know about the jerseys. You know, I want is to know about those two jerseys. You can't take them out of the kit. They're framing, but like, no, I can't take. Oh, they're in the frame. Yeah, it's in frame. That's hilarious. I don't even care yeah. anymore. I just love that you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't remember right now. I do know. <laughs> Okay, sort of on the on next podcast, yeah, you guys can unveil who's actually. We might have to. Yeah, okay. we're gonna have to. Okay. I feel as though yeah. you have to throw those. You do not deserve those. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> wow. I think you might be. Uh, it's got to be Rick Vive. Yeah, I think that's who it be. is. Twenty six. I have no idea. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I can't remember who twenty six is. They are signed um, jerseys, though. They're actually They're signed. Well, then, can you read yeah. the autograph? Yeah. I I can't read the one that's twenty six, but I'm pretty sure that twenty two does say Rick Five. Okay, fair. Yeah, I do Morty, have a Leafs. I do I have a Leafs. I feel as though you it. do not deserve to have those jerseys. <laughs> I know, I so know. we'll auction them off on the next podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Maury, we have one final question for you. That's been no, I do not know who debate. number 22 of the Leafs is. <laughs> yeah. It has to do with, with movies. Obviously, mm -hmm. I feel like you're well-versed in the world of, of film and, and cinema. You've gone to the TIFF a, a whole slew of years. So it's been an ongoing debate in our friend group whether or not this one particular movie is good or not. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of being like bullied. I'm, I'm being ganged up on. <laughs> I, I love this movie. And everybody else thinks it's a garbage movie, but I need your your input. What do you think about the movie? Devil Wears Baby, Prada? Baby, great movie, but Baby Driver. Oh, um, okay. Ba it was fun. It was fun. Would I say it was a great movie? No, but it was fun. It was entertaining. It was enjoyable. It, was, it wasn't like, like a, I, I'm not going to put it on the same pedestal as like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs yeah, no, or of Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> or 13 going on 30 also iconic movie it was good 
That's what you no. I mean, there are better movies. No, of course. I'm not saying it's like the greatest movie of all time, Please but don't. I don't think it gets it deserves the hate. <laughs> I don't think it deserves no, the hate. I don't just think I don't agree with you on that. I don't think it deserves any hate, but I would not waste my time on a on a debate. Yeah. Yeah. That's Fair true. Enough. I guess Baby I'm in the wrong though. I will I'm, say I'm, this. I'm defending its honor. I'm I'll say this. I interviewed the director of that and I remember that he smelled fantastic. And I remember <laughs> the cologne he was wearing was Lalabo Rose 31. He's got a hmm. good nose. Did no, you ask him or did I, you I, just no, know that? I no, I knew that okay. because any because and here's how I knew that. It meant to me that he was staying at a Fairmont hotel in the city because Fairmont hotels always use Lalabo Rose 31 shampoos, conditioners, and and moisturizers. <laughs> so I called them out on I'm like, you're staying at a Fairmont. You're probably staying at the Royal York. He's like, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, because you smell like their shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny and that's why word. baby driver is a great movie because the director smelled good nice Fair right, that's, that's good go. enough reason as any yeah now if you're ever debating 13 going on 30 devil wears prada or um or green mile or any of those iconic movies i'll i'll gladly help you debate okay have, I you, seen do 13? Have... have you seen 13 going on 30 oh uh, yeah of course of course okay okay i do have to ask um so one of the things that we ended up debating on here, because I mostly have only seen sports movies for the most part. Um, and we had a debate, I think it was a couple months ago, Miracle on Ice and Moneyball. Have you seen those movies? I've seen Moneyball. I've not seen Or no, the, the, blind si- the Blind Side. And, oh, oh, The uh, Blind Side. The Blind Side, and, 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 of yeah, course. Okay, The Blind Side and Moneyball. Okay, um, yes. Uh, which one would you consider to be the more rewatchable movie? Oh, okay. Bl- um, I would say Blindside. Mm. I think so too. I think blind. It's just because I think it has a different family dynamic. Message. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got something for the whole family in that movie. I'm guessing you said the other one. I'm guessing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said Moneyball. <laughs> Moneyball was the the tiff, and that was the red carpet where I asked Angelina Jolie if she could play any position at baseball. What would she play? And her answer was, "I don't know enough about baseball," and kept walking. yeah no i love moneyball i think that just the the storytelling of how it all happened and how everything went down obviously i really really like the blind side i think the blind side was an incredible movie but i just think that from what's a better rewatchable end on this what's a better rewatchable movie blind side moneyball or baby driver oh uh, it's gotta be be blind side for me (laughs) Okay. There okay. you go. <laughs> Maury's answer is baby driver. He's just too embarrassed to say. No, I have no. <laughs> but yeah, Maury, that, that just about wraps it up. We uh wanted to just thank you again so much for coming on. It's been an absolute privilege um to have you on the show and get to chat with you and have you share some of your stories and experiences with us. Can't thank you enough. That was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me and uh happy to come back on anytime. Thank you very awesome. much. And the next time you do, I will know for sure the names of these, uh, the guys on the jerseys I behind me. I no longer care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Maury. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, guys. Take care. Oh, if you're, make sure that you put something out on social to promote this for, then I'll of retweet course, or repost. That'd be okay, great. Okay, awesome. Thank All you very much. Care, guys. Bye now. Thanks. We want to take, take this moment to uh, thank Maury so much for, for joining us. I had a blast talking with this guy, somebody who, I grew up listening to and still listen to um, gr- incredible show producer of the top radio show in the city, not even up for debate. Uh, it, yeah. I was kind of starstruck. I, like it was just, uh, just hearing that iconic voice that cut me off in the beginning purposefully. And yeah. he just bringing that big personality, bringing the energy. It was unreal to talk with him and you could really just like sense his professionalism. He, he's, he's done that a time or two. Yeah. It was cool. Like I, I know now, like we've got to talk to different uh, pro athletes and stuff, and interview them or Phil Pritchard and hear their stories. But now I think this is the third person that we have we've had on who's like a TV personality, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool getting to see the different ways that these people interact interact and like go through an interview process. Like you think about James Duffy, Cabby, and now Maury coming on the show and like how they go about it. It's kind of, it, I think it's cool for us too to get to interview these people because like you interview someone who normally gets interviewed and they respond yeah. differently to different things and they respond in a certain way. And then you 
you interview someone who interviews other people and now all of a sudden it's just a whole different dynamic of how the conversation goes is really cool to take part in. And not going to lie, it's pretty stressful too. When you're planning interviews, <laughs> somebody who interviews people full time for a living and, and well, for obviously a Titan of Toronto radio, as I said earlier, yeah. this guy is, is yeah, you got to bring your A game. What yeah. I want to know, Zach, is did you figure out who the jerseys are behind you? Yeah, so 22 is Rick Vive, um, for sure. Um, 26, one second. Is that Carlo? Oh, 26. No, no, it's not Carlo Koliakovo. Um, I do know who it is because I asked my dad. Um Alan Stanley. He was Tim Horton's defense partner. Alan Stanley. Well, there we go, Maury. Now, now we know. Yeah. Now we know the jerseys. We are no longer. See, the thing is, I knew 22 was Rick 5, but I was thrown off because it was like a newer era jersey. Not like the new ones that they have now, but like newer than Rick 5 would have worn. And then the other one, I knew that it was a guy who yeah. like I would, wouldn't necessarily like know who he is just based on like popularity like he's not like the most popular maple leaf to ever play he is like well known but and especially being tim horton's d partner yeah it's like okay yeah that's alan stanley but like i was just so thrown off by the rick vibe i didn't want to confidently throw out rick vibe and then be like oh yeah it's a new jersey like wait no it's not and you said rick vibe i'm like i think that's what it is i think that's what it is i just don't want to confirm it other 22 maple leaf for 22 this is oh yeah <laughs> At um, the 26, though, that, that again, like the Rick Vive one you said, is also a newer version of Yes. Music. Yeah. Uh, well, compared to when Alan Stanley would have played. So Yeah, in the 60s. <laughs> it's a little confusion. It's throwing you for a loop. Yeah. The Alan Stanley one was like, would have been a reach for me to get on the spot. Um, that's like one that I wouldn't just like know. But I did know Rick Vive. I just couldn't. I was like, I don't want to confidently say it is because I yeah. it's a newer jersey. I might be completely off here. Yeah, relentless, relentless with the line of questioning. It was, it was just like go. Yeah, and I, I was so thrown off, so thrown off. Yeah, <laughs> what an interview that was. I'm so pumped up about the interviews that we've gotten to do and some of the things that we're trying to schedule moving forward here, McGee, but what an episode 86. I think that was a great player competition followed by an incredible interview with, uh, with Maury Sherman, getting to learn about his career in broadcasting, kind of just how he badgered his way into the radio business, but in like the most respectful way possible, just calling into radio stations and getting that. Yeah. Yeah. And getting onto a radio show by calling in from his from his movie theater job, and then next thing you know, he's a titan in the uh, in the radio yeah. broadcasting industry, and soon to be on every single Canadian show. <laughs> yes, some capacity. Like we'll make it happen. We'll, yeah. uh, we will. We'll 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 get the lads bump going. Also, don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx it. However, are we about to have lads and lawn chairs guests? Three Pete Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, well, so Robert oh, Thomas yeah. with St. Louis, Anthony Sorelli last year. Now we're going for Anthony Sorelli again. Yeah, pretty wild. That's, that's you know what actually would have been what would have been interesting here is that no matter who wins this cup, we will have a three Pete because you know who's rostered with the Montreal Canadiens. He's like a Michael McNiven. Yeah, and Michael McNiven. We got two Montreal Canadiens. Wait, who's the other one? Pizzetta. Oh, Pizzetta. Yes, yes, Pizzetta. But he's with he's with Laval. But McNiven, I'm pretty sure, is like the third goalie on the Canadians right now. Really? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So regardless of how this one turns out, I, I hope it's Tampa just as a Leafs fan. I don't want to see the Habs win. But either way, we're gonna have three straight Stanley Cup champions from lads and lawn chairs. Either a two-peat or a, a third one that's just completely brand new to the Stanley Cup world. So pretty cool for us, I'd say. Good yeah, job by us. Good job by us. Good eyes. Good pick. Good, good talent. Yeah. I'd say if you want to win a Stanley Cup, you know what you know the drill. Yeah. Basically, Marcus Phillips and Morgan Frost, like Stanley it's Cups are coming down the pipe for them. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for episode 86, McGee. It's been a fun one. Yeah, I think so too. I think more, the more he interviewed still blew my mind. Like I, I was talking to my brother about it. He was, and he, he is, a, again, like me, it was a huge fan. It is a huge fan. 
and he was like, what was it like? Like, how, how cool was it? Like picking my brain about, I'm like, man, we'll just tune in Monday, tune in Monday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just wait to listen, man. So, but this is one that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll promote the shit out of because people need to hear this. It's a great interview. I look forward to uh, bringing people more content like this in the future. Um, we'll keep this kind of routine and um, this good momentum going, going forward. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to plan a good cottage weekend for the gang. <laughs> yeah. That's what we got for too. Exactly. All right, McGee, episode 86. It's been a blast. Yeah. It has been a blast. It has been a blast. I guess I'm not going to put off, uh, put off it any longer. I, th- I think there's no, no other, uh, there's no other thing than just close it out. Why ruin, why, why ruin something that's, that's good by rambling more? <laughs> so without further ado, catch us next week. Same time, same place, same launchers. Cheers, lads and ladettes. Cheers. Cheers.